spirit. You played right into my game, Professor. Welcome to hell. Welcome to the good, the bad, and the sequel. This is the movie podcast where we're talking sequels. And we do it in two parts. The first, an interview with an actor or someone involved that made the film worth watching. And the second, a discussion of the sequel, what they got right, what they got wrong, and how it could have been better. Really hope you enjoyed last two interviews, because this is Halloween, our third annual scary sequel month, and we do it big. So Patricia Cara, case number nine on Deal or No Deal, and a Cenobite in this week's movie, and Rachel Currents, who is the little girl in the rain that we're going to have to talk about, because when we saw her in this movie, I was like, she have a bigger role? Because they did like a, they were, they panned on her for way too long, but we'll get into that later. But before we get into this Hellraiser movie, question mark, I got to introduce you to my partner in this sequel watching journey, Jamie Riccardi. Jamie, how are you? I'm doing great, Doug. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing pretty good. You know what? To be honest, going into this movie, I didn't really watch any trailers. I watched, I guess, clips for the interviews when I did them last year, but I wasn't, I didn't know what to expect. I looked at the cast list. I'm like, oh, like him, Nikki Totoro. Yeah. James Remar. What? And uh, I don't know. Uh, it was better than I thought, I think. Uh, well, you know, I'm kind of torn on this movie. Um, first of all, torn, you know, this is- torn pun intended, because it's a Hellraiser movie. Well, well, is it a Hellraiser movie? I mean, I feel like this is I feel like this is the Jason goes to hell of Hellraiser. You know, where Jason goes to hell really wasn't a Friday thirteenth. It was kind of like a, you know, a wacky version of of Friday thirteenth. And I feel like I mean it's it's hard for me to say anything because I've only seen one other Hellraiser. Um, but I'm not impressed like, you know, all this time I've been worried about watching Hellraiser because I you know, younger I'm I'm thinking like Pinhead, he's gro- it's grotesque, there's a lot of so far in the two movies we saw, Pinhead does nothing. <laughs> he does not do. So, I mean, I, I don't know if we've watched the two worst ones, um, but he's not really Pinhead. I, I, I don't like. I, I feel like I like the I like the kind the the script, like the story and the ending, like what the movie's about. But for a Hellraiser, I didn't like it. Okay, okay. Well, we can't talk horror, and we can't have a Halloween without our horror movie sequel expert i'm gonna i'm gonna i have to roll run them all down texas chainsaw massacre three fly two return to sleepaway camp friday the 13th part four man i'm (laughs) (laughs) that's only four do you remember the other two uh Uh, amityville amityville possession and what the hell is the other one i always forget one It'll come back to us, but that is you do a a Halloween or no, 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 no. We don't give them the good horror movies for the most part. (laughs) Wait, (laughs) you don't think Return to Sleepaway Camp was a good horror movie? Oh, Alan, I I put it on eBay. (laughs) I put my copy on eBay. It sold for forty bucks because it's out of print. Listen, your ass stinks is still going to be one of the greatest lines in a movie. (laughs) It's up there. And that is the voice of our horror sequel expert, Chrissy. And Chris, how you doing, man? I'm good. I'm ready to talk some Hellraiser. Now, you said you had all of these, but this is only the second time you cracked this one open? 
Yeah, so I'm a I'm a big fan of like the first three, which I guess most people are. And uh and then I found I like four as well. I like part four. And I found like a cheapo Blu-ray that had parts like four through eight on it. So I bought it specifically just to have four. So now, you know, so I I saw all these like I saw the later sequels like years and years ago. So this is my second time watching this one. What number is this in the in the eight? This is five. Oh, there's three more after this. (laughs) Oh, there's uh, there's more than that. More after this. Holy moly. All right. Yeah. So where does this rank on like the eight or the ten of whatever you have? I I would kind of put this Fourth? squarely in. I would put this like in the middle. So there's worse ones than this one. I genuinely like one one through four most, especially one one two and four are the ones I like most. Three is okay. All right. So um, let me ask you: Is does Pinhead have a bigger role in the other movies? Yes and no. He never has a huge role. It's the 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 stories are always focused on the human characters. Okay. Even in the original one. Um but yeah, no, his his role in this is definitely diminished, but I'm sure you guys read up on that, so you know, we'll get into that as we as we move along, but Oh, that'll be good. But one role. thing one thing that I read that was interesting, he really liked the the lack of Pinhead in the sense of it showed more of like the human and how much mm-hmm. You know, carnage can be caused by that, but yeah. maybe he was paid to say that oh, because the budget mean. was two million, and I'm sure Doug Bradley got a good chunk. I just find like he's such a, um, you know, if you're not a, if you if you've never seen Hellraiser, you know all about Pinhead. You know, like I mean, he's obviously one of those characters that really stand out, um, and I just feel like he's underused. You know, for the way he portrays himself outside of not seeing a movie, you know, I mean, I've, I've, I knew so much about him just based on just seeing him and, you know, without seeing the movies. And I'm like, you know, it's, it's like watching a King Kong movie without seeing King Kong, you know, um, I, I was like, I'm like waiting for like pinhead stuff. And it's like so far in two movies, there's like nothing. There really is nothing so far. I mean, again, maybe we'd watch the two worst ones. I don't know. Hellbound was good, but you watched, what did you want? You watched part two, part two. Yeah. Like I like part two. But again, it's yeah. The the point of the series is is not the Cenobites. It's it's the people. Well, yeah. I mean, but, yeah. but again, but even held in in the second one, he gets his butt kicked. Like he doesn't do anything. Like that fight he has, it was like two seconds. Like I just, oh, I, know. I don't know. I guess he's more of a presence than anything else. And you know, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking like he's more like Freddy Krueger, but he's really not. He's just you know, it's more about the presence of him. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Okay. All right. And I don't know if you'd be shocked about this, Jamie, but this script was not originally. A Hellraiser script. They just added him in. You could tell, and and that's the but the that's what I like. If you if you take the Hellraiser out of it, the the twist at the end, I actually like that. I like you know like now you know going back and seeing what is involved. But I think making it a Hellraiser movie makes the movie worse. Well, we'll we'll get into that. So, and <laughs> uh, this movie we're we're almost recording this close to its birthday. It came out on October third. The year 2000 so pretty soon this movie's gonna be able to drink which is wow okay quite something yeah you all right let's get started cheers uh, so it's cool did i always had a soft spot for dimension film so it's always cool to see that egan who were the first dimension didn't always re- release these movies right is this the first dimension hellraiser um 
I think so, because uh, Dimension was like an offshoot of like Neuromax. And I know the fourth one, the fourth one, and I think maybe the third one was Miramax as well. The first two, oh, that was like New World Pictures or one of those like oh, okay. companies that I think like kind of burned up by the time like the 90s were really rolling around. I, I think it was New World Pictures that the first two. Was this the first directed uh, to DVD or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the first one. Okay. The fourth one, I think, was originally going to be direct to video, but. Miramax put it in theaters and it actually did pretty well. But after the from this point on, they're all direct to video. Okay. So yeah, so Dimension, you get a quick title screen, you get like this chanting music, like the names I mentioned before. You see these names, you're like, I know that guy, I know that one. One that I love at all those people, Craig Sheffer. I yeah, love him I in the program. He he's in a ton of other movies, but I always loved him in that role and. His character is one that we're going to talk about, obviously, because he's the main character. But the character of Joseph is probably the most confusing character because there's there's like his motivations at times don't really fit with what he is. Well, I one of the biggest questions I have is, you know, there's a voiceover throughout the whole movie, you know, of him telling his story, I guess. Right. But when you find out the twist. Is he telling the story after he finds out what's going on? Like, it, because he seems very calm telling his story. Yeah. So, like, I, like, I was like, you know, like, what, like, at what point is he telling this story? Because towards the end, I can't imagine him wanting to tell the story, you know, or being, <laughs> or being able to tell a story. No, that definitely, that uh, definitely speaks to them, them wanting to make it like a detective noir with the narration, and then kind of forgetting that's what they were doing <laughs> all right yeah okay <laughs> it throws you off the scent of the twist though no no it, 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 without a doubt oh <laughs> no that is something so no so so the, the the first opening part of the movie to me is so confusing so it, in the next scene or even when he takes the phone call which i think he might have been on the phone with nikki totoro who's tony or somebody else he works with, but he's like giving him the shit about the game. He's like, yeah, we're up. We won by seven, but we should have won by 20. Your ass should have been there, but he's playing chess and he's not even in basketball clothes. He's in like chess clothes. Okay. We, we need to talk about this chess game. All right. That's so the first of all, when people play chess, you play it in a quiet area. You're not playing in the middle of a basketball court. Um, I, I, Number one, I would assume a couple of basketballs are going to be flying that way, coming out of bound. <laughs> you know, like, why would they play? Uh, of all the areas they can play, they're going to play on a, on a basketball court while basketball practice is going on. That, didn't, that really didn't make sense. And you had the, the professor who I thought <laughs> was, and here's, I had to, like, right away, like, this was a very important clip that I had to look at. Yeah. The fuck do you care? Yeah, we won by seven. But it should have been 20. Where were you? All right, I'll meet you in 15 minutes. You 
You played right into my game, Professor. Not only that, he takes a call during it while there's basketball pl- being played. So he's a genius? I mean, if, you, if you're able to play chess, beat a professor while on the phone, you got to be pretty good. <laughs> and, and I thought the professor was going to be something maybe later or something. But no, it was just this guy that they kept zooming in on who was nothing. He was really just a professor. Yeah. And I mean, I, I, I've seen like you see like a lot of these chess movies. They never move that fast. Like how fast are they moving? Every every move is like a second. Like they're not even thinking. It's like speed yeah. chess. I know. Well, I think I think the it's it's like a time lapse. It's it's cut for uh, suspense. I guess you know to show that the, it's two big brains playing chess against each other after the detective just got done playing basketball as well. Yeah, but you when you have the when you have the basketball practice in the background at real time. That's, yeah, that's post game practice. <laughs> I don't know, they're, they're getting themselves like psyched up during the during the chess game. See, I was waiting for a basketball to fly out of bounds. He looks yeah. like Michael Myers on like a spring day. Oh, <laughs> well, he also he I mean, his look throughout the whole movie is creepy. Like is he's got that angry, a constant anger look. Yeah, he's well, a, he's a yeah, cokehead. He's, he, he's, oh, he's, he's like the, it, it, like there is like there's nothing likable about this character. Yeah, he's the angry detective. He really know. is, but his face. Twenty years on the job, and I'm done. <laughs> and I love the way he talks because, like, it fits like the noir thing that Egan yeah. was mentioning. He's like, "You played right into my game, detective." He has like this weird thing because, again, maybe he really talks like that. In other movies I've seen with him, he doesn't talk like that. And then even in the next scene, again, did the professor show up with his chessboard and set everything up while he was playing? Then he saw him done setting up, and he's like, oh, I got to go, guys. You don't know he's a cop until this point. I had no clue. Like, Okay. Yeah, I, I had no guess. I guess it sort of makes sense because I guess that ha- that would have to be some sort of element to it, but no. But he's a scumbag, just like we saw earlier, how you could tell he was a, like it's a douchebag because he's doing coke right in the locker room right after he's changing from his chest clothes. And, and he, I mean, I mean, I, I believe he does coke throughout the whole movie, right? I mean, there's a oh, few other times he's doing always it. Always on coke. Okay. Yeah. And we see him, we see him buying drugs. We see him using drugs, T- taking and, drugs from evidence. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> taking a lot of things from evidence. Well, taking <laughs> drugs from evidence, not using those drugs, but having a, a hooker, which we'll get to in a little bit, oh. just try it out without even like that could have been like Jesus Christ. It could have been something that killed her in a second. He's yeah. like, Yeah, hey, you try it out, baby. Well, he, he seems like a guy that really doesn't care. I mean, like he's willing to take those risks. <laughs> yeah, that is true. you know. So, and he seems to have he seems to be able to take whatever evidence he wants, and and all he has to do is cross it off and change what what's really there, and th- there's no questions. You know, like when he takes the four hundred dollars, which we're not, you know. <laughs> And all he does is cross it off and put a hundred dollars. Like that's not obvious. <laughs> yeah. No one questions it. No Sorry, one questions I, it. I added it wrong. It's not like he took like a hundred <laughs> from a thousand. It went from four hundred to a hundred, right? It was something like that. With, like, and, he, and he does it with pencil. Like it's like I mean, it's like literally like it's just so ridiculous. Also, it's so it, ridiculous. It, it's not like he's um it's not like he's portrayed as this like super cop or hero cop that like He's living one lifestyle in secret, but like presenting himself as something else. He's he's 
seems like he's semi well liked and he's a pretty good detective, but it doesn't seem like he's so he's not like the golden boy where like no one would suspect him. So he's but he's doing he's doing all these things where he like it feels like it feels like he's just doing it and he's never going to get caught. And there's <laughs> never gonna be, well, I, never I, any I think he puts himself on a higher pedestal than others put him up there. I think he oh, thinks sure. he's be- much better than you know, like what he like the what he really is. You know, because yeah. he because he cons- he considered himself a genius. Like he considered himself you know, obviously with the chess and throughout the movie. Like he, he, I think he makes a comment like I'm a really good thinker or, or so- problem solver or something. And so I think he thinks he's better than what he really portrays himself as. Because I I love the Totoro's character. I think he does a great job <laughs> in the role. Yeah, you know, exactly. and, and his act. I really his I think his acting was really good. Tony, yeah, we meet Tony at the mansion. So they're at this mansion. And there's body parts everywhere and just blood and just ugh. Are there ever crime scenes like that in real life? Oh, of course. I mean, you you see that I mean, you say of course, but you see these in movies all the time. I don't know if there's crime like it this is a typical crime scene in every movie, like every horror movie. <laughs> I don't know if they yeah, really horror, have crime scenes like movie. this. <laughs> I love, hey, what are they... I, I love this scene. I oh. love it. What What do you I love about it? it? The I... fact that, that he knows the victim and then right where the dead victim's body parts are spread across this like library kind of like den room. He remembers a story about how he used to bully him when he tried out for the basketball team. And then he <laughs> actually smirks at the end of the story. You thought he had like remorse because this guy's dead. And he's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Or do you like the fact that he knew exactly to go to a book that has a, a secret compartment, you know, compartment in there where he had, I guess, drugs? There were drugs in there? Was that he's a, puzzle found, sol- he's a puzzle solver. He picked up one book. It was <laughs> one book. And that's the book. And are there books out there like that? Like, I mean, they have oh, a compartment yeah. with that? You make one. them like that. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, I, ha- I have one. What do you put in there? You buy it. Stuff. No. Oh. <laughs> no, no, you put like, like, um, I mean, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. I mean, no, no, you know. I've, I've put like, like house keys and stuff, you know, like, <laughs> oh. wait, you hide wait, your house keys in the house. So if you lock uh, yourself yeah, out, like, keys to like things that I have. So you, you have locked secret- room in your house. I was going to say, you have secret <laughs> compartment. I'm in, I'm, I'm in the secret room. <laughs> yeah. Okay, interesting. <laughs> and then he finds a candle that's sitting on 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 the the Hellraiser box, and he looks inside the candle, and within seconds he sees like the finger, and doesn't even he doesn't know what the finger is, right? He doesn't know it's a child's no. finger right away. No, I, no, I think he does. I think he says he, it's a child's finger. No, he says he says it's a finger, and I I think it's the uh, it's the coroner that tells him it's a child's finger. Oh, what a character that guy is. And how about the other guy, which we'll get into? What does that guy have better do? I don't even know what his job is. What, the guy with the mustache? Yeah. (laughs) The guy who's sucking a lollipop in, right? The same. same. (laughs) (laughs) You know, between coroners and like the forensic, I guess, is what's his job? The forensic 
examiner. I don't know I what that. He seems like a gopher because he's just following up on other people's tests. Because he and he searches the database for the fingerprints. That's by like a lab tech or something. But, but he's. I mean, he's part of the police force. I mean, he's. You know, he works there. And the way he. What's his name? Is it Bob or Bobby? What's his name? Is it Bobby? Joseph. Joseph. Eh, Bobby. Joseph. Uh, the way the way he talks to him. Is like like do this now like I, I mean like he's just like, like he bull- bullies him around. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a bully. He's a tough well, cop. He definitely well yeah. <laughs> no, I, but, but back to back to the murder scene. I I like it. Cause I I just like the design of the house. It's uh creepy. It, well, it's yeah, but it's all it's very Clive Barker who created Hellraiser, which. I don't know if we want to get into this now, but I read I was reading that Clive Barker really disliked this movie. I wonder like, why. Well, here's the thing is that Joseph as a character is 100 percent a character that Clive would write that murder scene, the candles. Every, all, so much of this movie is something that Clive would write. I'm wondering if he didn't care for it because it was it's like a lesser version of something he would create. But all all his not all of them, but a lot of his main characters in his books are very much like Joseph. They're basically like living two lives. So he's a cop, but he's also a drug addict and an asshole and, you know, <laughs> cheats on his wife and all that stuff. But like, that's, that's a hundred percent a Clive character. So I don't know. I don't know what, maybe, maybe he didn't care for the fact that it, it was kind of, like we said before, it wasn't meant to be a Hellraiser movie and it got turned into one. And it, it's kind of a hodgepodge but a little bit yeah well you know the the other thing i have is i mean and i guess you see this in the other movie, uh, movie as well but the the cube i mean if you if you look at it it looks like a toy like it doesn't look like you know like so why does everybody like in all the movies they like they pick it up like it's something like like a rare gemstone that they they've never seen before it's very intricate it looks like it it looks enough different. that you're going to carry it around with you the rest of the movie <laughs> it really it really depends on the character and the movie because some some of the characters when they see it they know what it is some some characters are seeking it uh joseph's case i don't know because i mean he, but he literally carries it around with him so like i mean like what like, like to me it doesn't make sense i mean if you know there there were plenty of things in that house he could have grabbed you know, it is a, a supernatural device, so maybe people, maybe it's like makes you drawn to it if it, if it ah. senses that you're someone that could be susceptible to its uh its charms, so to speak. Okay, all right. A chess playing bad boy coquette, which so we talked about it already. He robs I mean, the it, dead it guy. Punish people. Oh yeah, he's a complete asshole, and then he goes home and he has a wife and a kid, and, and mm-hmm. the wife is smoking. The wife is so smoking. Yeah. <laughs> and she she talks about like it was just I think it's the scene. Like she's like, I just took a shower and she's like ready, like she's like she's all excited that he's home and he basically like walks right past her. No, and yeah, well he walks right past her, go to the fridge, like grab something to eat, and he goes, yeah. she goes, Are you home for good? He's like, No, I just picked up a homicide. Got a case, I gotta get out of here. And then you're like, All right, this guy's just hardworking. No, within seconds. He's going to pick up a hooker and then the vo- noir voiceover that talks about like if she ever knew who I was really was. Then she'd leave me. What, what the fuck? Why wouldn't she leave you well, now? And he made, well, yeah, but he made a comment like, but this is what brings me home. So like he didn't use these words. But he's like, so is it wrong that I'm what I'm doing? 
because it because it, it does bring him home to her. So he's like, it, you know, who says it's not right? He says something like that, you know. Yeah. So, so he really I mean, thinks that sleeping with a hooker all the time is right. <laughs> it literally makes no sense. Why would that? Why that doesn't bring him home? It sends him back out in the middle yeah. of the night. And again, are there hookers that look like this? Because she's pretty smoking too. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, you know, listen, we live, we live, we live close to New York City, and I've been in a city many times. I've seen hookers back back in the day and they did not look close to anything <laughs> like this no, this, so, this girl's like a high-end escort she it's the yeah. you know it's the, it's a girl from uh hangover it's the what? it's the wife <laughs> wait, wait, no way it? yeah i, I saw the, the name wife. and it means mean like it, it, I looked, it like i thought it sounded oh. familiar holy shit i'm almost positive it's the wife that's getting married in hangover yeah it, so you're right She's a holy crap. Yeah. She just quit the IMDb list over here. <laughs> so here's a funny story about her and her name. That one of the goofs in this movie, in the opening credits, her name spelt the wrong. And then the end credits, it's spelt right. So it's almost like they did the first part. They're like, holy shit, we screwed up. Let's fix it. But only at the end. So Who's it's two notice? different spelling names. Who's going to notice? I guarantee people on IMDb. I guarantee you they didn't notice at all. Uh, I didn't notice. <laughs> One guy spelled it wrong the first time, and the other, and who knows? Maybe it was the same guy typed it up right. Before, <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! And then he uses the money and the coke on this prostitute, Sasha Barellis, I think her name is, and he's having full blown doggy style. Okay, and we see Wait, it before we get there. There's something we have not brought up yet. Okay, what's his deal with magic? Oh. That never came back. Okay. What do you mean never came back? No, I mean, like, I thought that was going to be, that was like a, oh. a touching thing to him. No, and his but, he, but he does it throughout the whole, he, in fact, he does it with the hooker. You know, when she asks for like he, a piece, a piece of gum, he yeah. does that. Like, it's like, it's that, like, that's his foreplay. Like he does a little magic trick. Like, <laughs> like, like what, what is that? Like, he just like, he's a frustration, frustrated magician or like, because it doesn't come into, it doesn't help him at all later on in the movie at all. He just does it throughout the movie. Yeah. Yep. That's what I thought. I thought the puzzle solving and him being a genius that he says right. to himself, I thought that would somehow come up. And I thought for some reason the magic would help yeah. him. Nothing. In some sense. I mean, he's good. Don't get me wrong. I mean, his close, his hand, close, you know, contact magic is very good. But, you know, <laughs> James <laughs> Remark compliments him. The thing is like another like offhand nod to Barker. Oh, really? There's magic. There's, he always floats like real life magic and supernatural magic in, in some of his stories. It's just another, I feel like it's just another thing they threw in to be like, that, that that's kind of Clive Barker-ish. Let's throw that in. But you, but you know, for like his character, who's just like a, 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 just a drunken scumbag. It, it makes no, like that, the, him doing magic like that makes no sense. It like, it doesn't fit his, like his character. Because yeah, that's kind of goofy. Like the stuff, the stuff, yeah. the magic he's doing is kind of goofy, and he's not a goofy guy. So it's like it just, it just like doesn't fit. It's like just weird. Yeah, it's a weird character quirk. And it I feel is. Like it's just, it's just aside from being like a Barker trope, I feel like it's, it's, it's like another thing to just add to him showing that like he's intelligent or he picks stuff up. So he does basketball. He does chess. He does. <laughs> close up magic and he's a and he's a, a pretty good detective 
yeah it's got it's just that it's just one of those things it makes no sense <laughs> in the context of the story as a whole it's just there it's Mike, magicians can't be dicks david copperfield might be a huge asshole we don't know <laughs> uh, supposedly he was supposedly he was so and and you, you said he's a good detective but like is he Mm. <laughs> I mean, like you know, you watch this movie. I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm. What kind of detective stuff did he really do? Besides, besides, rough up every single witness. <laughs> Star homicide detective on the case. <laughs> no, he did rough everyone up, and it feels like all the things that from the outside. Again, we'll get into. Yeah. What are we watching the whole time? Like, what is it really? But now he probably looks like a detective in a way. Because he knows where stuff is and he sees a videotape that isn't really there, which no. Yeah, this guy is just something. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So here's the part where just so he goes into the bathroom. He's like goes with his character. He's chugging the cheap. It looks like iced tea in a pint glass, in a plastic pint. He goes into the bathroom. He chugs. Full, it uh, by he, by like, the way, fully clothed. So he woke up fully clothed. She's <laughs> naked and he's fully clothed. Just wanted to she put said, that out there. No, it's a magic trick. He just snapped his fingers. Clothes went back on. <laughs> now you see me now you don't so so then he goes into the bathroom he's like to sort of discuss with himself i guess and he looks at the box there's another voiceover where he talks about puzzles and he can always figure things out and then it starts to move and it starts moving around and moving around and then he opens the door and he's in like this really old house and dude this part is fucking pretty fucking scary now okay so the, the box in in the other movie we saw a Hellbound or whatever wasn't there a certain way to open a box? Like that one girl knew how to open it, right? Yes, yeah. yeah. So how does this open up on, on its own? Well, didn't know. she have the power? Wait, wasn't it like if it's open, somebody has to open it to close it or something? No, because that's what the girl it, did in the second one. She it, reopened it, which like opened up a portal and sucked all of them in. In that yeah, world, I, I mean, when the series starts, it's kind of uh, so you have to like solve it to open it because you're like you're looking for something. Okay. As the movies <laughs> progress, it kind of it the you know they didn't have time to do that. They had to, they had to do it the quick way. Yeah, the canon changes <laughs> where I think it kind of it targets people, and I think I think maybe it plays into like how this movie ends. Like the 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 full twist is yes. Maybe it's maybe it just opens up because it it it's already has a connection to him in a way. All right, so let me ask you this, and then this might be a question that we can't answer. But is it the same box in all the movies? Yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah. So there, it there it just, it just keeps ones. getting passed along somehow. <clears throat> yeah, there's other ones that show up, I believe, later in the series. Um, but there, this is like the the main one. Okay, <laughs> it's like Hellraiser Seven. They're like, how are we gonna up the notch? I don't know. 
more yeah. boxes. More boxes. <laughs> Took him seven movies to figure that out. <laughs> more boxes. More Eventually, boxes. there's more than one pinhead. It gets weird. Wait, there's uh, more than one pinhead. In like one movie, there's more than one pinhead. And oh, it's, like, it's one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. So. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> so then when they're in the house, we see our first Cenobite. And then we see like these two female Cenobites. One of them is Patricia. Kara. Do you know, do you know which one? <laughs> She's one of the two that puts the hands. Yeah. So wait, so is that how Cenobites have sex? Oh, were they having sex? Is that what that was? I don't know. What, what, I mean, what was? I mean, they seem to be into it. First of all, he seemed to be into it. He was into it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So I mean, he definitely was into it. But like, it seemed like that's like I don't know. Like, is that what they were doing? Like, because they were going under. So to explain, I mean, they were going under his skin. Right. Like, yeah, I mean, I mean, the the Cenobites' whole deal is like pleasure from pain, sexy, torture time. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Sexy, I, I, I mean, I see them. I, I don't see sexy at all. I mean, you know, maybe that's just me. Um, but yeah, that I tongue, mean, tongue man, could you imagine having that tongue? Oh, <laughs> okay. So, so not sexy to you or I, but it's that it sexy stems. to him. I, again, he was into it. He was totally yeah, it into stems it. From like torture porn, like literal torture porn, not like hostile torture porn. <laughs> So the effects in this scene and throughout the movie, what did you guys think about the effects? Like overall, there's a point to this, but there wasn't like a ton of them. Like we had the one with the ice cream guy later after he gets like his ass beat. You see, there were a few, the the old man in the wheelchair. I mean, there were a few like cool things. Um, kind of remind me of Beetlejuice a little bit or the the old man. Oh yeah. 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 You know, but the reason I'm saying is the budget for the movie was like 2 million. But the special effects budget was only no. fifty grand. That you know what yeah. they used it well because just the see this scene alone with their hands going under his skin was oh, pretty impressive. Was great, yeah. I mean, so yeah. There's there's definitely been worse Cenobite gore action in some of these movies. So I'm actually surprised that they only had fifty grand. But I think um, I think for the most part it looks pretty good. Especially Do- I think like like. Once we get to like Pinhead and the and the other Cenobites and and things like that, I think it looks pretty good. the The one thing I think looks awful is the engineer, our main, I guess, our main baddie. <laughs> oh, I have a I have a question about I have the question about the engineer. So we'll get there. <laughs> well, I don't know if I'll be able to answer. It, but. <laughs> but so are the are these Cenobites the same in all the movies? Pretty much like the same, or are they different no, in every movies? No. Pin Pinhead's the same for the first couple movies. We get some of his. The chatterer, and you get the female Cenobite in the first few. Okay, so the chatterer, is he just cold? (laughs) He's always always chopping his teeth. Like, he's he's freezing. And in this one, that's why I was wondering about the budget, how amazing they did, because there was the one that we see multiple times that is just arms. And the top, there's no body behind it. Because they used all the budget on the two Cenobites. So they they couldn't give a full body. No, what I'm saying is, I'm saying, oh, that's why. (laughs) It's harder to take out a body than to add like somebody in a full suit. It looked pretty good. No, yeah, so, so Jamie, I don't know if you remember from from Hellraiser two that I'm sure he Cenobite, doesn't. But ask away. All Cenobites, used to, all Cenobites used to be human. They're all people that found the puzzle box and okay. were turned into like sex demons, basically. So that's why throughout the movies you get other you get other ones. 
So okay, so set, you know what? I didn't know that they were all. So they were all main characters at one point, technically. I guess that found the box. Yeah, yeah, this, yeah. Ones you didn't see, and they and they need new skin to become human. So they become right because isn't that in the second one they were hanging skin all over the place? They were. Oh yeah, they so, guess they did have the skin so, room. Yeah. Some people, some people that get like taken by the Cenobites, um, like like Uncle Frank in the first two movies. <laughs> yeah, like he he comes back from hell, so right. like he's like yeah, so he's taking skin from people so he can make himself whole again. <laughs> oh. People that become Cenobites—that's a whole other deal. <laughs> All right, <laughs> so that's why you get a bunch of different ones throughout the movies because one, they wanted to make cool new character designs, and two, they can just excuse it away by saying oh this is they're just different right right okay all right pinhead gotcha yeah so then right after this he's running away he finally says hey this is weird and he starts running and isn't he like upstairs he dives off yeah he runs upstairs then he like dives down the stairs falls over on when when you throw the chattering one he because the chattering one was coming up the stairs oh yeah that's what it was kind of he was kind of cornered so he had to jump over the staircase but but he hears a child screaming yeah, oh, that's what it was. That's why he was looking upstairs. No, 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 he he was he was coming out of when he went when he went downstairs. I think he's when he heard the the child. Okay, but it seemed like he was going to like at the one point he decided to go through the door instead of going towards the t- child's voice. Like, like he's like, screw it, I got to get out of here, kind of thing. Well, that's that's his mo. That's what that's who he is. He's like selfish, but then we find out. Like throughout the movie, he's not. But I love when he opens the door because it has like the lock on it, and then you see Pinhead for two a seconds. few seconds, and he like <laughs> rips his, almost like grabs his nose and his eyes, and then rips, and you sort of see something moving, and then boom, he wakes up, and he's back in the hotel room, and then you're like, "All right, what just happened? Like, what am I getting right now? Like, what was that? Was that just a dream?" Or something else. Which See, I, I was thinking that, you know, it was dream, but it was real. Like, what was going on? And, you know, eventually, you know, like, each time that was... Because ha- it's happening throughout the movie. And I was just thinking that it's really happening, but it's, like, internally happening. Kind of like a psychedelic... Because yeah. the movie is very psychedelic, you know, this movie. So, um, that's what I was thinking. Because, I mean, you know, I, I, w- I was confused, but... I knew something because the box was already open. So something was going on internally. Hmm. And then he gets to work. He doesn't even go home. That's what I mean. Like bang a hooker, do what you want. Go home. Like eventually, right. You have to sleep. And then this is the part of the movie. Like from when he left his wife and his, you know, and his daughter, I swear he is not home for three days. Cause there's so much that happens in this day of the movie. So you think this is the morning he gets to work. He sees Tony and phone call comes in. Well, he definitely wasn't home for a while because his daughter starts crying. I think later on that. Oh, I know. I, I want my daddy. Like, so like he totally ignores her too. Like he's, although there's one scene when he's creepily like leaning over and kissing her. <laughs> Remember? Like, like yes, he just, yes. and then, then it's it. So yeah, he just, he's a weirdo, but yes, he gets the phone call. And that's something like that whole part. When you heard that, you're like, all right, this is going to be something it's like, cause the Cenobites are in the real world. Like that's the different element in this movie. I don't know if four does that or three, 
but they're in, they've infiltrated, they got out of the box, so to speak. And but how long are you going to stand a phone and hear the screams without moving? Because he listened, <laughs> he, he literally did not move. He heard her screaming. Like, all you would need to hear is one scream, hang up, and shoot over there. Like, he, yeah. she was screaming for a while, and he was holding the phone. Like, he basically left after the screaming was done. Yeah. He listens to the whole mess. He does. And there, there was no there was no urgency on his part whatsoever. I think <laughs> It's almost like he was worried that someone's going to hear that it's another woman on the other line. And that's like he was, like he was trying to be qu- you know, quiet about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exactly what it was. And then he go and then he goes to the hotel, right? Does he bring Tony or does Tony follow him at this point? Well, they're partners. So they probably he probably brings Tony, I guess. But Oh no, because I know later in the movie, Tony randomly shows up at a place and he's like, I've you know, I was following you. So okay, so he brings Tony and then he late and then he tells him what happened. Crime scene. Yeah. yeah. Ugh. What a dick he is to Tony. Like, really? Oh. Well, there's worse things later on. Yeah. But I mean oh. the fact that like so why didn't Tony go in with him? Like what? Like why would he go to this hotel room and then and then he goes all right wait outside like why wouldn't he because you didn't know what to expect because he says he came out there and he told Tony go in there and take a look at it or something like so you we didn't see anything yet you know we didn't know what went on but why would Tony wait outside? Well, at this point Tony doesn't realize he doesn't know what's going on. He just hey my partner told me to come along with him. He knows this motel. He's like well, he's probably assuming that he's meeting with like. An informant or something. Or something. Um, some, he knows he knows that Joe there's something up, but he doesn't he doesn't he's not expecting what they walk into. So he's like, okay, I'll hang back, wait for Joe to come back. Then Joe's like, okay, now you go in. So he, and he's his partner, so he trusts right. him. So he, right. he's assuming it's it's something that makes sense for him to be there. Why does he trust him? It doesn't seem like this is like a, the first time that there was something because. He blows up so much. Obviously, this is sort of a big deal. A prostitute that you had sex with is dead in the shower. And again, that's why the budget probably is only 50 grand because they probably couldn't use it throughout the movie because you don't see anything. You see her later in the movie, but it's really just something really simple. Right. You could buy it like. Right. Probably easy. No, well, I mean, I, 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 he was, how he was only going to force what, two years? Tony, like he was, he said it was like a brief time. Like that's why he yeah, says like no five one years or something. That's why he was. No, so pissed I off. think it was less than that. I think Tony was oh, less really? than that, and that's why he said, "I've been on the force for a long time. Who's who are they going to believe?" You know, later oh. on. So you know, but I mean, the, yeah, I mean, he he kind of threw like to me. He looked so guilty explaining what was going on when he was explaining to Tony that he met this girl last night. You know, this happened, but I had nothing to do with it. He he came across so guilty. Like, you know, yeah. And I don't think Tony believed him right right away. No, and he was guilty. But and then at the same time, when Tony goes in there, that's when he's rifling through the, the glove box. And you're like, all right, a pen, a, a cigarette. And then when they're in the room, yeah. and he kicks the pack of cigarettes, he drops it, kicks it under the bed and drops the pen. And like you mentioned, he basically just goes through this whole thing. Uh, like a few scenes later, it's not like right away when he says he's going to turn him into the captain. You're like, holy shit. Like yeah. really, dude? You didn't realize what he was doing at first, and and you know the the other question I have is you know so they're dusting you know he he convinces Tony that all right listen you know he, he, Tony believes him and he says listen I, even though Tony says I'm not this kind of cop you know he, you're my partner I'm going to help you out so they dust everything but if he had sex with the hooker on the bed sheets and everything wouldn't there be 
some kind of with the sheets. Like, I mean, wouldn't there be evidence? We'll just hand wave that away. <laughs> not a problem. Okay. Yeah. All right. Wouldn't he have taken the sheets or like, I don't know, like clean her? I don't know. I, I didn't seem like a guy that uses protection. <laughs> But I don't no, know. We're not that at all. <laughs> but I mean, you, you would think the sheets would have the most evidence. He probably touched the sheets more than anything else in that room. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it makes no sense. It's an absolute, it's a tunnel of a plot hole. Oh, <laughs> what? And the fact that, okay, I don't, know, I don't know how this works with cops, but if you call in as a cop and say, okay, there's a dead body at this motel, and then on the other end, you can't tell what they're saying, but obviously like, Oh, well, how'd you, how'd you find out? They're like, Oh, Joe, uh, Joe found out you talked to him about it. It's like, wouldn't somebody call Joe and be like, Hey Joe, how you doing? How'd you find out about this dead body in this hotel room? Like that has to be like some investigation now. And when did they wait? When did they wait around? I feel like they left right after they called. They did. They, <laughs> they like, they call it in and then I don't know if they're supposed to be like waiting outside. Yeah. You would think, I would think they would be part of the whole crime investigation. No. Yeah. I'll call it and then leave, leave the dead body. So like the, when the maid comes in there. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get uh, the douche guy, lollipop, uh, who's supposed to be checking the prints. I love that. He's reading. It's not even 20,000. Isn't the movie 20,000 leagues under the sea or is it 50,000? 20,000. 20,000. Okay. The book that the guy's reading is 50,000 leagues under the sea. So they spent some of their budget to print a fake cover for him to read this and he's sucking on this lollipop. And I love again, cause Joe's so smart. He goes, here's what I want you to look up in that computer. And he gives us on the guys like, huh? All right, fine. And then in seconds, a match seconds, <laughs> seconds. <laughs> what the fuck, man? Within seconds. And then there, and then he, what, there's seven of them, right? Isn't there like seven prints on the box or something, but only one, actually gets a hit and it's the body piercing guy right right it was it was one match <sighs> it's freaking and then this scene oh so we <sighs> first of all his tattoos were so bizarre like, <laughs> yeah. I, mean, like I mean so bizarre i mean was it was the guy looked familiar though i couldn't like, i mean i don't know if he was in anything but i thought he looked kind of familiar no he did and the the best part because i have to mention because you just mentioned the tattoo was when we think Joe C is two centibite women on his back. And then I forgot what the real tattoo was. And I'm like, that looks worse. Whatever it was. It, I forgot. It was just stupid. I think it was like, a, anyway, it was like a, it was a cross or something on his back or something. Because oh, was it? Had, it's a, it's a, I thought it was. Cause he had the thorns on his head. Yeah. Oh, okay. That makes sense. So, but yeah, but like, but this is the start of Joe uh, hallucinating. Cause this is the first, I think the first time that he saw something that wasn't there. Right? Yeah. I think that might have been the first time. I think so. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> so so then we show then they have to zoom in all on all these photos of the piercings, which like sort of like made me sort of gag. But yes. how about some of these random lines? How about when the girl's leaving and it, and, and Joe goes, Another happy customer? She won't be giving head for a while. <laughs> Jesus. Dude, how about that that whip they had there with the the hooks? That yeah. thing is disgusting. Like, I mean, like, I mean, obviously you see it in play later on, but like, I was afraid of what we're going to see. B BDSM is a integral part to uh, the Hellraiser series. That's oh, really? Fans, like like... So is that, is that a weapon that's used in, in all the movies? 
Oh, uh, no, but he he'll throw in like hardcore like BDSM stuff and all like leather whips, you know, hooks. I mean, that's Sex, a, sexy stuff, Jamie. Sexy. Uh, stuff. Is, I mean, yeah. When I when I think of sexy, I think of uh, a leather whip with hooks on the end of it. That's that's yeah. <laughs> that's love. That's true love. <laughs> that is love. <laughs> so then he then he is interviewing the guy, and then the the guy brings up the the piercer guy. He brings up the name the engineer. Mm-hmm. Why would he drop that if this is like? what we find out how crazy everything involved with this box and the people involved and the Cowboys at the poker bar uh, are involved with, uh, <laughs> what, but why, like, why would he give that up? Pretty, pretty simple. I know he's trying, he says that he, I think he was out on parole. So he like said something, you know, pinned it on him because of the, the weapon that was found. Oh, the, the hooks that were found were the same one as the guy in that opening scene in the mansion. But like that guy gives it up pretty quick. He's like the engineer. <laughs> well, it, it, because the engineer is playing games with him throughout the whole movie, so yeah. it, it, he's got to get he's got to get him on the trail of the engineer because this is the engineer's whole plan. I mean, every yeah. everything from, I, I would say from this point on is all orchestrated by the engineer. From from the time Daphne is killed, from Daphne's death on. We're like in we're in like Hellraiser Dreamland, right? Blending of reality and 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 hell. Because if he doesn't give up the engineer, he doesn't start going on the trail. So yeah. that's like that he needed to do that. So yeah, yeah. So you can oh, see, yeah, you see it as two two things. It's one is that, yep. and then the other one is he's giving him information to get him out, at, just get him out of my place. And if I give him something, maybe he'll leave me alone. And, and you know the the Pearson guy was a pretty big guy. I, I don't know if he'd be able to get roughed up the, the way he was. Well, he sort of well, wanted no, it because he, he said, "Are you going to want to put hands on a cop?" Uh, well. Doesn't he say, "Are you going to fight me or fuck me?" Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, do do you think he was looking for either one? <laughs> I think he was <laughs> looking for the latter. <laughs> <laughs> so then Joseph he needs some drugs because he hasn't slept. In weeks, probably. Uh, so he goes to his uh, ice cream truck dealer. Can this be any more of a trope? I mean, like, you know, they always joke around with, like, ice cream trucks being, like, the creepiest, you know. Big, big worm. Really, but, like, what? Big worm from Friday. Ice oh, cream yeah. truck. Yeah. I mean, but, I mean, first of all, he had porno inside the truck, you know, all <laughs> over the walls. He was the creepiest. I mean, like, they really made it as creepy as possible, this guy. I don't even know if he sold ice cream. No, I don't think he I didn't see any creepers inside. Yeah, no, he he sold ice cream. Remember that he gave uh, those kids were walking away uh, with, <laughs> oh, yeah, their, with their frosty treats as Joe is coming up to get his fix. Well, he's also a pedophile, right? Because he because he, he made a joke about like, oh, how young is she? And he goes, no, she's she's too old for you or something like that. Joe made a comment. Yeah, yeah I I took that as more of just like a dig at him, not really. Not really. He was a weirdo. That guy was kind of weird. I, 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 I had him as you know, definitely something that would go down at you know. That I mean, listen, he had, he had porn inside the ice cream truck where kids are coming in. That's that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. So there was a mess up in this. I don't know if you call it a mess up or the group, but they did a shot in this scene, and I guess they realized afterwards that they had to cross off one of the logos because they would get sued. So it was like a. I don't know if it was a Nestle bar, but some brand name bar. So the next 
within the same scene, like 30 seconds later, they have it like scribbled out with like red magic marker. <laughs> really? Yeah. <laughs> the legal department was like, oh shit, you guys got to get a red magic marker and go back and do it. They didn't reshoot the other part. Did you notice like, that? No. Or no, I just read it on no. like the goofs. This movie doesn't have a lot of goofs and usually like movies have a ton of them. So, but, but is, see now that's how good it is because none of us noticed that. So, Good. you know, and, and you think about that, like how obvious is that they're crossing off with magic marker, you know, that should be like so obvious and none of us saw it. That good. They're that not, not good. <laughs> so in this scene, so he thinks that the ice cream drug dealer knows who the engineer is. So he whoops his ass. Okay. And then, and then nobody wants to talk about him. And then he talk, and then he mentions that he, everybody knows him who the engineer you know is and he says you hunt for the engineer the engineer will hunt you well he goes to a whole story about the engineer right the scene yeah he does a little story time little story time about the engineer yeah because he talks about not not himself it was somebody he knew interacted with the engineer yeah yeah like 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 this little peon of a guy is gonna know that that inside story about the engineer Oh yeah, so. no, I wrote it down. So the story was about his buddy Terry, and then he goes, "Your brother, buddy Terry's a, a liar." He goes, "No, man, I saw a look in his eyes." And that scene, the reenactment, that was a crazy scene the when the guy goes was. home, yeah, because his yeah. wife was like gone for days, and he gets home to find a note, and then he opens, he lifts the blanket, and the head just rolls, and there's blood everywhere. <laughs> that was pretty good, actually. There were some. See, really I thought he was, thought he was making it up. I thought I, I thought he was making it up just to get him oh. out of there. This whole movie is just people telling Joe what he wants to hear to get him out of there. Like he interviews some bartender. The guy's like, okay, the engineer lives on the corner of Maine and seventh. Okay. And get out of my hair. And then Joe goes there, roughs up somebody that has no idea what he's talking about. That guy goes, oh, you know, Belinda, the hairstylist, she used to date the engineer. And then he goes up and then it's him along. <laughs> That'd be a funny movie. And at the end, everybody's like, dude, we didn't know who you're talking about. But, but is is all this happening because they have like, it's all, it's all faded. Yeah. So he's, he, he's on this track. It's, it has to happen. <laughs> it, so, I mean, I mean, I don't want to go too far, but is this like groundhog day? Oh, well, okay. Well, it, it is, it, it, no, it gets to that. Okay. But is it like forever groundhog day. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. So, yeah. All right. No, it gets no. We'll get into it. But okay. No, it's it's something like that. And then we get a random kid who obviously got paid by the engineer or someone else to give him VHS tapes. He gave him two VHS tapes in a bar. Right? They were in a bar. It was in where he was in a bar, and he decided to play the evidence in a bar in front of everybody. That's yeah. That's the first time, honestly, that I was like, "What's going on right now?" Like. Is this happening? That was, that was so stupid. That was, you know, I was thinking that these little characters, though, were all pinhead. I thought they like they like he was like all these characters leading him to where he needed to go. Like, you know, where would they find a little kid to, to deliver that? Who who delivered it to the little kid? You know, like so, like I feel like like pinhead might have been like each one of these characters. I, I guess if I was a kid and somebody was like, "Here's twenty bucks to give this guy VHS tapes," I'd be like. 
oh, what's on him? And they'd be like, oh, it's just old family footage. I'd be like, all right, cool. So who's the guy? Who's who's giving the kid? I don't care who it would be. If it was some stranger, I wouldn't care. Twenty bucks, twenty bucks. So so instead of candy, you're okay with kids getting video videotapes from strangers. But, <laughs> yeah. no. Candy, no, but videotapes, absolutely. Actually, pinhead, but but it's definitely it's definitely like the supernatural bleeding into reality. No, of course. There's always yeah. There's always people and things coming in and out of the story to to progress it. You know, to the next step. I just like how Doug thinks it's okay for little kids to get video random videotapes from strangers. Twenty bucks, man. <laughs> Doesn't matter what's on it. It's not like he's telling them to play it. That'd be weird if he was like, "Hey, kid, here's twenty bucks. Go and put this in your VCR." Then, wait, no. what kid is not going to be curious about what's on the tape? <laughs> Come on. I don't know if it's actually a little kid though. That's the thing. What you think? I don't think it's Pinhead, but I don't think I don't know if it's actually uh, actually a human ah. child. Okay, we'll get to all this. We'll, we'll recap a lot of this. <laughs> <laughs> so then, in the tape, in the middle of this bar, which it looks like a dive bar, so nobody's really there's nobody in there. No one's watching. He, he's watching the ice cream guy just get shellacked by that hooked like leather whip thing, and he's getting just ah. Oh. Disgusting. I mean, it, 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 I mean, and you hear the screams and everything. Else. And again, this is in the middle of bar. He doesn't seem concerned that anyone else is watching this. Um, and I mean, obviously, the bartender put it in there. Like, how? Like, how? How did he get it no, in? No, he the- put it in. Joe went up and did it. No, he just walked up to it. Was any? No one else was around. The no one was around. On one TV and the crime scenes on the other one. <laughs> okay. All right. That'd be funny if you had a really old guy like you with his head in his beard, and he's like, "Hey, asshole! I was watching the Jets game." <laughs> or he goes, I've seen that one before. What, what, what's the movie called? <laughs> yes. But no, it just made absolutely it just made no sense that he did that. Yeah. But maybe it makes sense when we get to later. Maybe it does. Also, this I was just thinking, it has has no bearing on the story whatsoever, but this is supposed to be Denver. And it looks like LA the entire time. <laughs> what wait. The country bar looks like L.A. No, no, no. The the movie. No, I know the movie does the look like L.A. Yeah, minus the country bar. About okay. it, except well, even the dive bar. I get, but the city, everything. It's it's L.A. I've never been. It looks hot. I know Denver gets hot during the summer, but it just looks. No, it, it, it looks like California. One thing so, I read, Egan was somewhere. I think it is supposed to be LA, but maybe they wanted to shoot on location for cheaper for some reason or something. There was somewhere in the summary of the movie, like when it got put out, that somebody left LA in the in the synopsis. Right, like yeah. LA yeah, like- LA detective. And they were like, oh shit, scribble it out with that same red marker they did for the Nestle bar. <laughs> it's supposed to be Denver. The, the movie is yeah. set in Denver, but yeah, there's there's flubs on different synopses so let me let me ask you maybe since we know what the twist is do you think it's possible that these people like at the bar are not really there like even though like you know because again it seems that when he goes to these different scenarios even the country bar later on there's only one or two people that he interacts with and no one else seems to be aware of what's going on his whole world could be that's what I mean. Like, is it, I feel like it, I he could be sitting in a cell in hell. Right. Okay. Or, you know, comatose or whatever. Right. He could be anywhere. And this is just this like dream 
dream world version of his life replaying. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. When I got to the point that I thought that, I was like, just don't please be one thing. So we'll we'll get to that because it works out, I think, in my head. But like as like a viewer, I was like, all right, this is this is okay. <laughs> so then the captain in this movie that he has to go see when he gets uh when he gets back to the office. Oh, when he brings the tape. They bring the tape and there's nothing on it. Hmm. Suspicious. So how again, how obvious right now does all this look pointed at him? You know, he knew, you know, he, and, and no, didn't he also know exactly where the finger was finger was because it was in a cash. He goes, it was in a cash, cash register yep. or something like that. Right. So like, why are they not like thinking that he's involved somehow, especially Nick? Yeah. I feel like most movies that would be the subplot or it would turn into the, the a plot would be that he's the guilt. He's the supposedly guilty figure, you know, but I guess there's just not enough, there's not enough space and time in this movie. Or again, they're just that those are like, those important details are not important because they're all part of his hell. And and yeah, doesn't make like everything he does doesn't make a difference because it's all leads to the same thing over and over again. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. We saw, I mean, we're, I think we're, we're definitely thinking deeper into yeah. the movie than most <laughs> yeah. people did that worked on. <laughs> then they did, yeah. No, but Nikki does at one point, he goes, you knew the hooker, you yep. knew the yep. show, the guy you went to school with, everybody, like, oh, the ice cream man, he was your yep. CI. And like, so, but even at this point when the captain talks to him, the captain only mentions like, hey, he was your CI, right? And he's like, you used to be my CI. I haven't worked with him in months. At this point, especially with the, the tape not having anything on it, and him knowing where the finger is, wouldn't the guy be like, you know what? Give me your badge and gun. You need some rest. No, he just says, go talk to the shrink. That's it. And, and, and he makes it mandatory. Yet he's able to cancel the appointment very easily. <laughs> so, you know, but yes. I'm just not going to go today. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. But okay. So I have a huge question about this. Okay. About James Remar? Dr. Gregory? Yeah. He's awesome. I mean, uh, I mean, I from Warriors to Beverly Hills Cop. I mean, he's he's awesome. So Legend. he's okay. So he's the he's the 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 police station psychiatrist, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we know later on what he really is. So what is he like in 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 real life? You know, in that you know, like I mean, like is is. Is he always the other thing or like, you know what I'm saying? Like I, 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 I was confused. Like, you know, like so to discuss this, I think we just have to get into the twist of the movie. Yeah. Well, let's just talk about it now. Cause it makes okay. sense. Okay. Cause we've kind of been dancing around yeah. it. But okay. Yeah. I, I think, I think that Dr. Gregory is a real person and because of this dream state fate, whatever that Joseph is reliving or or maybe this is the first time he's going through this um i think pinhead pinhead is just pinhead could have popped out of anyone i think in in this series of events but he but he chose to come out of dr gregory just because it made the most sense where the you know where the story is going so i think it's just he's he could have come out of anyone in joseph's life because the whole thing is false 
Okay. Yeah. You know, it's a false retelling or or whatever. So you think that's Pinhead the first time he meets him? That's Pinhead. Or do you think it's not Pinhead uh, yet? Like, well, what we see, we start. How early do we see Doctor Gregor? I know it's an earlier scene in the movie. It's pretty. I mean, it's. I mean, one of the first thirty minutes in, forty minutes in. Yeah. Pretty early. So, I mean, it was I a quick scene. It was very quick because he, he decides yeah. to cancel it. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think at that po- I think at that point he's already. I think it's. I think it's. It's already set in motion. It's already set in motion, so it could be Pinhead. It could just be. Okay, but you think it's a real person? It just he just happened to take him just for the for the purpose to choose of, him. So we're, right. we're we're seeing like a false version of okay. Joseph's real life. Right. So it's all people that are actually in his life. Fair enough. Uh, you know, because okay. he didn't know him, and obviously, wouldn't the cops? He seems like he's probably been to a shrink before, right? Because oh. he was like, if not, he should have been. He should have been, yeah. Because later in the movie, another scene, like later in the movie, because he, like, like Jamie said, he's able to reschedule this real quick, which makes sense to the whole thing. Because it's like, shit, I don't want you here for an hour and a half or whatever. I want you to be back out there, you know, getting to the ice cream man. Because that's the next scene right after this is when he goes right to that scene he finds a finger and he freaks out yeah but but know, he Tony. But would, would the captain allow him to go back out there when he didn't no. do the, right as i'm saying like just, that's what i mean yeah okay no that's what made no sense but no later in the movie uh joseph goes to the office where i guess he lives at because it's his house because it's the middle of the night when he goes there and because in that first session they talk about their families a little bit and he talks about his daughter and remar dr gregory says oh i have a daughter she's my whole world and then later when he knocks at like one in the morning he's not like you know keep it down or anything it's just like okay no i was just waiting for you because he's like so that's why at that point i was like he just seems so odd because he's always like ready for him like even at like the middle of the night he's like ready to talk to him and almost is like expecting him to come so like throughout the movie i was like Who's going to be like this weird twist within the world for some, at some points I, I thought it was going to be Tony that, you know what? Honestly, so did I, I thought the same thing, but no. And this is, that would have been, that would have been a good twist though. That would have been a good twist if it was Tony. Yeah. Cause you wouldn't have. Yeah. I know we sort of like guessed it. Cause I guessed it because just watching movies, I'm like, Oh, well, it's got to be somebody different, but so this is the second or third time that he does the uh, magic because he's doing the Chinese balls, which is that magic. Oh, yeah. He makes him disappear. Yeah. Yeah. This is where he gets really emotional and he's probably coming down from the Coke and the alcohol because he goes, oh, your daughter must love that close up magic. And he goes, huh, I never really showed her it. I'm like, whoa, this is like, well, maybe it's a nervous all, thing all for him. People. Maybe he needs to do it when he's nervous. Like he was nervous with a hooker, you yes. know. He was he was afraid he wasn't gonna be able to perform, so he had to do a little magic, a little, you know, a pre-performance. So you know, <laughs> God, I love that. So then, so then, Tony and Joseph go to the bar. Oh, okay. The cowboy poker bar. That made no sense. That what really was the lead? Made- what was the lead to go there? Was there a? This was another fingerprint. They. It was the phone call. Right, because they checked the phone message on the phone. Um, oh, that's uh, what it was. Yeah, of the but, ice cream guy. Yeah. Yes, I mean, but this 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 was a legitimate cowboy bar because every single person in there had a cowboy hat. Every single person. <laughs> yeah. And it seemed like it was in the middle of nowhere. 
Because when he runs out of there, all there are are woods everywhere. Yeah, this is the point in the movie where we really flip into this is nonsense. It felt like a, it was like a David Lynch fever dream. It was just yes. so stupid. <laughs> yeah, it, it made it really made no sense to have a cow. Like they could have done a, a, a local bar. Like why a cowboy what is bar? Denver? What? It is Denver. <laughs> it it is Denver. So, air is, de- is Denver known to have ninja cowboys? <laughs> yes. I mean, cowboy hats. <laughs> and, and, you know, so he goes in the bar. Where was Nick this whole time? Waiting in the car, I guess. He always has to wait in the car. I mean, so what kind of partner is that? He seems to be missing everything. Hey, Nick, you wait in the car. <laughs> yeah, because even later, he just shows up after yeah. everything. But no, yeah. how about the fact when they pull up, it's not like they're parking in the lot because they're parking like near a tree. There's no cars in there. So in there's my no head, cars. I'm like, Oh, they're going to show up here. There's going to be like one guy there. No, there's like 40 cowboys. It was packed. Well, they rode horses there. (laughs) (laughs) And then the guy he talked to was like a very familiar looking face. I don't think it's a guy that I think is in a bunch of stuff. But anyway, he is talking about the engineer and he'll hunt you. And it's like that whole thing. So that's when Joe sees another like Cenobite face. Yep. So he goes after it. And well, this is, this is the second time we missed it. This is the second time he sees the face. Cause he saw one at the, at the police station also earlier. And he jumps over and tries to beat. Yeah. The guy yeah. Up. yeah. Well, this is the second time that we've seen this. So um, yeah. And I like this guy, the, the, the guy that you said, it looks familiar. He does look familiar, but I love the way he had that, co- like, like the conversation with Joe, like he was very calm collected. And he was like, so like, almost like cocky of the way he was talking to Joe. Like, listen, you have no idea what you're getting yourself into kind of yeah. thing. Like, you know, it was, it was a good, like a little speech from him. Yeah. I would say like 75% of this movie is like, I think a really good movie. There's just those other pieces that I don't know if you took them out or swapped them out or however it would, it would make more sense, but no, even this part, I'm not saying leave it at that. Maybe have somebody kick his ass. But the fact that it's ninja cowboys that follow him out and just kind of make quick work of him. Very quick work. And I, I, I would have thought like it would have been a Cenobite or something, you know, like it made no sense that it was cowboys. Like I just, I, I don't know. Yeah. I just, this whole like bizarre scene. And then all of a sudden out of the blue, Nikki comes like, where was he this entire time? Just and that's why I, <laughs> but that's why I thought he might've been behind us all because why wasn't he there? You know, like, you know, like it was almost like he was setting everything up. Uh, and that's why I thought he was the engineer. Mm-hmm. And the Cenobites are in the trees. Like you're thinking like, are the Cenobites going to start jumping down at him? No, just the Ninja Cowboys. But yeah. So then out of nowhere, like you said, Tony gets him. He wants to bring him to the hospital. And then he. Yeah. And then this is when he goes to meet with James Remar and then he tells James, James Remar about the engineer and everything. His ears perk up, and then he's stringing him along, talking about what foreshadowing later in the movie. But then he tells the story about a guy that was a cop here that found the this box and went through the whole kind of what he was going through it was kind of the exact same story. And then at the end, he sat at his desk and blew his own brains out. So then Joe's like fascinated by all of this, and then that he knows so much. So that was interesting that he knew. So like, what are the chances Joe goes to high school with the one guy, the hooker that he was with 
his new psychiatrist happens to know everything about it. Hmm. Well, he's a psychiatrist. I mean, I would assume people like Joe are going to be seeing him quite often. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then Joe shows the cube because he goes, nobody really has the cube. I've heard stories about it, but I've never seen it. And like you said, he's always carrying this on him. So like, where is he carrying it? Because it is pretty bulky, the cube. And he yeah. gets his ass kicked. So couldn't he get fall, fallen out? Like, that's a good, like a, a gooder movie. A better movie would, would be if, because people want it so bad, kind of like in the second one, when that doctor, that creepy doctor yeah. is trying to, he wants the cube so bad. So he's like searching for it. So maybe if somebody was wanting this so much from him and stealing it from him, but no, he's carrying it this whole movie. But and, and it's, not, it's, it's not like it's bigger than a Rubik's cube. You know, the cube. Oh, yeah. Okay. No. So there's literally no reason that he should be. Carrying no, where's he? It's not going to fit in his pocket. Yeah. Just like, <laughs> where's he? Hanging in a suit jacket the whole time. And here's the line that I was kind of mentioning earlier about like time frame of this movie. So the, the doctor says, Wait, you opened the box? And he goes, Yeah, I opened it last night. So this has been a day. Think about what happened in the entire day. Like, dude, the ice cream man, the. The going to the cowboy bar, him seeing the shrink the first time. All of was this that is also, was that also the Pearson guy? Pearson guy, all <laughs> of that in one day. Well, that's why he's such a good cop. He doesn't he doesn't waste any time. He's the Jack Bauer of uh, <laughs> Hellraiser movies. Jack Bauer. Real time. Yeah, Jack Bauer never slept. Yeah, never slept. No, he was weird, weird, real time. Never slept. Never took a shit. <laughs> <laughs> What and then I love, movie? Then, then, <laughs> I know. And then I do love a line that Dr. Gregory says, he says they come for you and they leave, but if you're still seeing them, then they are still here. And this is where Joe's driving and he sees Rachel currents in her like small role. But when the way they zoom in on the little girl on the right yeah. crossing in front, yeah. you're almost like in my head, I was like, dude, does Rachel have a bigger role? And she didn't tell me because that you're like, you never do that with a random, a rando character like that. It's so weird to see how long they stayed on her. Like when yeah. she like kind of like froze. I thought she was in a turnaround. Like at one point she was in a turnaround and turned to like, like a face of a Cenobite or something like that or some good. kind of demon kind of face, like, like something. And no, nothing, nothing. Yeah, happened. One, once in a while, you'll get something like this in, in a horror movie. I've seen it. I've seen it like in older stuff, like stuff from like the seventies, early eighties. It'll be like a zoom in, and it'll and it'll, same thing. It'll it'll essentially amount to nothing. And I think it's supposed to be kind of like, I think it's supposed to kind of put us in the headspace of the main character that's seeing whoever it is, whatever. So it's, I think it's kind of like, what do you, what do you take away from it? Even though it's not always effective. I, I don't think it's effective here really. Cause it just, it, it, it leads to like conversations like this where it, it's just posing more questions than answers. And I don't think there's any answers. Really. Like, I don't <laughs> think it's no, it's, it's well, probably, it's I, probably showing just showing you like the mind of, of the main character, what he's being observant about and what he's seeing and you know, like what's going through his head, you know? And uh, yeah. Yeah. But is it is it supposed to be like something to throw you off, or... like a the scent? Like, all right, why is this important? You know, like you know, and now yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And then we hear the kid's voice again at this point. This is where we hear the kid's yeah. voice. And this is when he's like, oh, crap, I bet I got to go home. So this is when he goes home. And then this is where shit gets like, this is where he's hovering over his daughter. This is where yeah. he's hovering. Yeah. The wife walks in. She sees him because he's all cut up from getting his ass kicked by the ninja cowboys. <laughs> and then she w- she wakes up and says, daddy, are you home for good? And then I wrote, according to my calculation, he hasn't been home in days. And is she still in just bed? Has she been sleeping this whole time? Like this daughter, like he seems like he's not home a lot anyway. Yeah, but he comes up at nighttime. So he comes home at night all the time. (laughs) So listen, his routine is probably coming home at night, you know, for like two seconds to go back out to the hooker. Grab some leftovers (laughs) with like a label on him that says like husband. That's it. So it's, you know, yeah. Oh, another case tonight. Sorry, I got got to leave. Sorry, babe, I caught a case. (laughs) Dude, in this next scene, this is where the movie just goes like off the handles. And some works for me and then some doesn't. But Well, this so is where he, it starts he, going really deep down the, the rabbit hole. Like, this is oh, where it dude. starts. Yeah. He, when he's on the bed and he's laying there, she's treating his wounds. You're like, this guy's going to sleep. He needs it. Sleep. Phone call comes in and you don't hear the other side. But he's like, it's your mom. She said an engineer visited me. And then he gets in the car. He flies to the Colorado Convalescent Care. Which I didn't Google that, but I'm guessing it's for people that are sort of hospice, maybe. Well, yeah, the yeah, one guy's both his parents are there though, which makes no sense. So yeah. like, obviously, we find out later, like what is this really? But the fact that he goes into the place, the nurse has no idea that they even have a kid, so he's not a good son. That tracks with him. You shouldn't be surprised at that. <laughs> no, but when he goes into the room, I'm like. We're about to see like two people in deathbeds. No, the mom's knitting and she's a mom that's in a million things. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. I didn't get a chance to look it up, but she's in a bunch. But she's knitting the the and the and his dad just like laying there like almost in hospice. And you're like, what is this place? Does she have to live like that? Yeah. No, I mean it, it could be like one of those like home health uh, you know, like uh, communities for, you know, like 75 and above, whatever, you know, this is, this is where he starts to unravel. Like, you know, he's had his, his, he's had his composure from half the movie, you know, he's, he's been in control, but now he's start he's starting to, I think slowly unravel and believe that he's going crazy. Like he thinks he's going crazy at this point. Cause yeah, cause it's, it just only starts getting worse now. And you can see it even in his face, his expressions, like he's like completely lost. Yeah. And this is where, previous scenes were you know i i i truly think that once uh what's her name daphne the the prostitute dies i think that's the cutoff point where things become supernatural like fully yeah this is where we as an audience are seeing how strange things really are right so everything else is plausible it could be it could be weird but it could also it it's weird but it could also be truly what's happening this is where we're starting to see like the the cracks forming in in the reality so i'm sure his parents are or were like in in like a assisted living but this is where it's starting to like fall apart and get weird and we're and we're seeing like this is a version of of the truth it's, <laughs> well, it's breaking well down. we start also seeing a lot of repetition like scenes yes. repeating itself 
you know, with yeah. different outcomes. So yeah, which which makes sense with like a with like a dreamlike correct. state, correct, and, and like a purgatory state. It's almost like the Freddy Krueger movie when they were running around the the car, the, the, the <laughs> right, and they and yeah, they Dream Master, running. yeah, Dream Master, yeah, yeah. No, but then this is where that we see the old man in the wheelchair with the hooks, and oh. he's laughing like a little kid, and then no, and then where does he go from here? This is when so he sees his parents, he goes into the bathroom and then that's when he's back into, he's in like his childhood bedroom from there. Is this where he shoots his mom? No, that's later. Okay. Okay. That's the next time he goes into this room. Okay. (laughs) I I wrote his dad looks like Christopher Lloyd. (laughs) He does a little bit. (laughs) Marty. (laughs) (laughs) But no, so then he goes into, so he's in that bedroom and then we hear that Cenobites, I that scene was cool. So the way they did work things with the budget, I guess they they did do that. You don't have to see it to feel it, like what was happening. Because when you hear the mom on the other side of the door, she wasn't really doing a great job at her screaming and talking. So I think I would be like blood curdling. But then the the bucket of blood gets poured underneath the door, which seemed like a lot of blood. <laughs> it was a lot of blood. A lot of blood. Lady. Look, it's all her blood. All right, it's all of it. And it was very thick blood. I mean, you know, when you're older, you know, you, your blood thins out a little bit. That was like thick, muddy blood. My family always had good blood, Joseph. <laughs> we always had thick blood. <laughs> Things that grandma would say. Uh, so then so then this is when he wakes up. And then nothing. like in my head, I'm like, wait, did none of that just happen? Like, really? Did none of that just happen? And then boom, phone call comes in. Same thing. This time he goes back. And he thinks it's smart to just run past the nurse. I mean, well, the security guard the first time didn't even move. He didn't care. This time he follows him. Getting ready to kill him. Well, I guess the first time he kind of sort of signed in. The nurse is like a little. No, he didn't sign in. He ran. He ran. First time. Yeah. 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 But But the security guard sat in that chair and didn't get up the first time. Yeah. But this time he does get up. He does. And then how about when he they go into the room and then the nurse goes, we tried to call you a few hours ago. Your parents went missing. <laughs> Dude, okay. First of all, are there security guards at like nursing homes? Is there a I lot of cri- so. is there a lot of crime at nursing homes that they need security guards? People are stealing old people, man. <laughs> they want their thick blood. Vampires okay. are taking them. All right. Zombies I mean- are taking them. Now, I, I don't know about an armed guy that was ready to like shoot on sight. Yeah. But maybe I mean, there okay. should be. If you're going to have a security guard. Usually it's probably usually like it's an older person also at like, you know, it's probably, probably one of the residents that, you know, like, you know, that's allowed to like, you know, sit in the front and be security. That's not going to be someone <laughs> with a gun. Yeah. All right. It's, uh, it's Frank's turn. Frank. Or, or it's, it's probably like ago. a resident who has Alzheimer's. Who just thinks he's a security guard? <laughs> so they let him sit up front. <laughs> oh, that'd have been funny. Like Bruce Stern, put Bruce Stern at the front desk. But no, so then the lady's like, it's so odd because he can't leave. He hasn't gotten out of his bed in years. And then when they when the lady leans on the bed and you see the blood, boom, I was getting flashbacks from the second movie with the oh, yeah. mattress mm-hmm. that was eating eating yep. people. That's all I could think about. Yeah. And I thought that was going to come back. I was thinking chains were going to be on that. I was like, but none of that happened. Nothing. Just, we're not. We're not in that kind of sequence. No, just just a lot of blood. 
Just a lot of blood. Was there wasn't any there wasn't any body parts or anything, right? It was just blood. Just blood. Yeah. How do you explain that? You can't. <laughs> like really, well, like what was? And, okay, and and how how bad can not even security, just the front desk be if two old people, one's on his <laughs> deathbed, are missing? <laughs> yeah, there's no cameras. There's they a- have a, they have money for a security guard, but not security cameras. I think the cameras make more sense. But how fast are they moving? I mean, they, I mean, if you're at a nursing home, you're gonna have nurses walking around. You're gonna have a lot of people walking around, like here and there. You're gonna tell me those people are gonna be able to leave that fast? That they're yeah. like, we can't find them, you know. And then they left them a nice little present yeah. too. They did. The rules of reality really don't. <laughs> yeah. Really, yeah. Nothing matters. <laughs> yeah. Nothing. nothing no, matters. At this point, makes sense. No, nothing matters at this point, especially when you see the gift wrapping. It was like for a for a kid's birthday present. It was like a ring box, sort of like a large ring box. Yeah. He opens it up and there's two fingers in there. So at this point, I think we're at how many fingers four. are we at, at this point? You're four, I think. Four? Yeah. Because there's one more left. Right? He says. Well, one of the fingers. Oh they, no, they no, 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 no. No, no. Yeah, right. We have Tony. So we, I think it's no, maybe it's more than four then. Maybe five because it only gets up to six before. Then then it's four later. because Tony Tony's is five. Okay. Okay. Jeez. So that this whole thing, and then the and then Tony shows up and says the captain wants to see you. So Tony was like sort of following him this whole time. Well, or no, his wife to, told him where he was. He seems to be following him the whole movie and just never you know shows up when he needs to. <laughs> yeah, never going in. <laughs> so. Maybe maybe Tony's been waiting in a car all this time. Every time he goes somewhere, he just... <laughs> he's just sitting in the back seat. He's like, he's like, "Oh my god, Tony, you're just sitting here." He's like, "He's like, no, you're Tony, get out." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then they fight a little bit. He th- throws punches at at him, and, and then he's apologizing to Tony. And then, oh, on, on that card was an address. I forgot what the address was. Like some apartment, apartment C at some street. So I did love this part. I I don't know if this has been used in other movies before. T- to my knowledge, is like real quick watching it when he gets to that and he goes upstairs to apartment C oh. and it's just a telescope. I thought that was so cool. Like I loved <laughs> everything about that. It's it, listen the 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 engineer man. He's he's able he's creative and he's able to uh, set up these little things. Some would say he engineers it. He- he does. <laughs> but the fact that that guy grabbed Tony that quick, like Tony was behind him. I know he knocked Tony on the ground, but it's not like he would knock out. So that guy, well, well, does it make sense? Well, like, is this really happening? But because whoever the engineer would have to have grabbed Tony and driven faster than Joe and tied him up in time. Well, I think I think that this engineer has some kind of supernatural powers that I don't think the engineer really drives. Oh, so he could teleport. So he teleported there. I, I would I would assume so. Space okay. time means nothing. Yeah, <laughs> this whole movie means nothing. <laughs> it really doesn't. <laughs> yeah, you know, I kind of enjoyed it when I was watching it, but the more we talked about it, the more my head fucking hurting, man. I guess because it doesn't follow. I know there's not rules to movies like this, but there's some kind of like. Well, you know what? You know, you know what it is? There's a there's a good story here. 
There, I think there's. I think that's the yeah. problem. I think there's a good story here, a good ending. I just think it's the way it was put together was not done well. Like I think if they did this a different way, made it a noir, and you know, like you, and with a twist and everything else, it would almost like a, a memento kind of like you know, you 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 could have made it a much better movie, but I think they were just trying to make it a Hellraiser movie, which kind of ruined the story that they had. Yeah. The it's, it's weird too. It's, it's like, uh, there's elements that track with the franchise as a whole. And then there's other things that just don't, it's just, it's just, it's a diversion onto like, like, like they just, they forced it into correct the Hellraiser franchise when it wasn't meant to be. So certain things line up, other things don't. And I think, yeah, I think if they had, if they had made it, whatever it was originally supposed to be, I think it would have been like a fine supernatural thriller. It's, it has some good stuff. It has some bad stuff. And it just, it kind of, it falls apart because it's, it's, it's telling us that nothing by the end, it's telling us that oh, most of this isn't real or it doesn't matter, and it's <laughs> well, you know, it doesn't play with the the rules of reality. So you're kind of like, well, I guess it doesn't matter. So I'll just sit here and watch. Well, it. I think I think if they stuck to the original plan, the only it really wouldn't be a supernatural movie until the last five minutes. You know, like so, like it, I mean, I don't. It would be a, it would be a thriller. Like I think you know, it would be a thriller kind of movie, and then yeah. you realize what was going on. Where here, it's got the whole supernatural element that doesn't make sense in half the parts of what's going on. So I think that's where it is because this could have been a good thriller. I think. Yeah, I think the whole like purgatory thing, like him reliving event. I think that's all part of the original story. It was them shoehorning in correct the Cenobites correct. and the puzzle box and all that, which works to a point. But after like. If you've been watching these movies, it doesn't. It just doesn't track with what's come before. So it's, and that's and that's kind of how this the series continues. Like every movie's kind of different. I wonder if the original script is out there somewhere. Like I would love to like ah uh, see if we could find it. Like you know, and just read what it was supposed to be. I really hope Ninja Cowboys was uh, a mainstay. <laughs> so real quick, while we're at this point, we're talking about the script. So the guy that uh, there's two writers of this movie, but the director, Scott Derrickson, dude, he, after this movie, people, you got to start somewhere, right? From here, he, well, he did Urban Legends, the final cut the same year. He only wrote that, but he did Hellraiser, Exorcism of Emily Rose, The Day the Earth Stood Still, Sinister, Sinister 2, Doctor Strange. Then he's doing a Labyrinth two that's coming out, and then there's a bunch of movies in between. But, but Do- I mean, Doctor Strange. He, like, I wonder how they got him to do, do that. I mean, you know, so the, all those other movies were horrors and kind of like you know, honest, like Doctor Strange is a huge movie, part of Marvel. I mean, like, so like, I that's that's awesome. I mean, for him to go from this, I can, I can tell you why they got him for that because of how big a hit Sinister was when it came out. Plus. Doc, the Doctor Strange comics move between kind of like what if you I don't know if you saw the movie more like mystical right. magical stuff action and weird horror shit. There are some weird creepy shit in like even the old Doctor Strange comics. So that's I think that's what got him on board because he was actually going to write and direct the sequel that's coming out uh, next year and he wanted to make it it's going to be somewhat of a horror film oh really 
What? Yeah, he wanted to make it. He wanted to make it like a truly scare. He was like, I want to make the first real horror movie in the Marvel in the MCU. Wow. Wow. And I think he took it a little too far because oh. he they they kind of kicked him off the pro. They split because of creative differences. Oh, wow. But, but now. I think he, I, I'm sure he's going to get like a writing credit on it or something. But now they have Sam Raimi coming in. But what is Sam Raimi known for? Right. Spider-Man. Weird. Horror. No, he's he's but he's also known oh. for uh, what's his name? Uh, the Ash. Oh, yeah. Evil Dead. Well, yeah. He's oh, known yeah, for yeah, like yeah. quirky horror comedy, and of course, like yeah, he did the first Spider-Man trilogy. But uh, I think I think we're gonna get a super weird horror movie from him anyway. Oh, wow. I think Scott Derrickson was making gonna make it too scary right, right, right. for what they for what they want, and I think we're gonna get a nice like Evil Dead level Good. weird movie because Sam Raimi's on it now. But but yeah, See? Scott Derrickson, Look at all the behind the scenes of the MCU. You this get is all- why he's our horror expert. Horror expert, man. So then we get a call from the engineer because Tony across the way is getting stabbed in the back and whipped. he gets a whipped in the oh yeah, he's getting whipped again, yeah. And then he gets a finger shoved in his mouth, a child's finger. <laughs> what a way to go. Yep. And the engineer calls. The voice is familiar. So I don't know why they let us hear it at this point. I guess because we're gonna see it in a second, but and we mentioned it before, but it, it says time to go home, detective. And then he shows up at his house, shotgun ready to roll. And he walks in and it's snowing. And his wife and daughter are on a pinhead contraption that's spinning in the room. Like but nails frozen. on it. Yeah. Like it froze. No, but, but they are, they're fro. I mean, they're, they're frozen. They're still alive, but they're frozen there, which I, I thought with the little girl, there was a little, little gross when her hand, oh. when her hand broke. Now I know. Yeah. It was very gross. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so then Dr. Gregory is like watching him and he's, I think he said something just before this, but this was, oh, daddy's finally home. Are you home? This baby. Daddy's home. He's here. I miss you, Daddy. When are you coming home? Oh. <laughs> I mean, like I could see him doing for the mother, the, the the wife, but the daughter, the little girl, like that would that made it <laughs> even worse. Oh. And and not for nothing, he's been a shitty dad and and husband this whole movie. Now he's now he's concerned. Well, he doesn't want his family to die. Uh, he's not. He hasn't thought about him the whole movie. I don't know. You know, I don't know. He cared more about the child's voice. That's why, like, to his character now, if, again, maybe it was in the original script, but they could have had, like, an element that he lost a kid or he lost a brother growing up or something that made him do that. But he doesn't care about his own kid and family. No. Really? He's never home. He's banging hookers. He right. doesn't even sleep at home. And for him to care about that kid, obviously it makes sense because at the end of the movie, but well, I don't know. Does it really make sense? But <laughs> the, and then, like you said, the hand cracking. And then right after that, everything yeah. cracks like they just, and then that's when James Remar, Dr. Gregory is explaining everything. And then, He's getting like his tone of voice is getting a little like, I don't know, 
I like he's like a preacher, but he's like the way he's speaking about everything. And then Pinhead, he turns into Pinhead. Yeah, you know, that was just and the way he does is kind of like so like that just this the body disappears. Yeah, like it was, it was a magic way, like in the in the Hellbound, like it was like a bodysuit. Remember when she peeled that body? It suit was, off? yeah. You know, yeah. and and the bodysuit was like laying there of skin, like it was just so stupid. Like so he, this yeah. one, it was magical. Yeah, well, that's that's a that's a different set of rules. <laughs> that's uh, someone that climbed out of hell using someone else's skin. So does that mean then the doctor is now dead? No. Okay. So this is this is like a dream. Like a, world. Okay, okay. Doctor Gregory wasn't okay. Actually, there. gotcha. Okay. Or is there a doctor? Like, is there? And then this is know. when he tells him I, just before I he. A, I think there is. There has to be because the, the police captain sent him there. I think there is a doctor. I, guess, I yeah. think, like I said before, I think all the people that we've seen are real, real people from Joseph's life. But this is a right, right, hellish dream world retelling of events. So everyone there isn't actually there. Okay, so what ha- what would happen if because the the engineer said you know i want you to go home and then he said something like you went to the wrong home right i wanted you to go to the so what if he so the engineer is waiting at his other home knowing he wasn't to go to his other home but what if he went to his other home would the engineer be waiting like you know like checking his watch like come on i mean uh, you know he's supposed to be here yeah that does make (laughs) sense well i guess at this point he's not none of this is None of this is real. It's not real, but it, like, then why would he even say like you went to the wrong home when he was waiting at the other home the whole time anyway? Yeah. <laughs> and he talks about like, oh, you didn't recognize that voice. You're the kid. <laughs> you're the child. And yeah, this whole thing. And then he goes, dude, how about when he goes, this part is really creepy. Like the whole rest of the movie with him in that shotgun is just oh, yeah. something like what he has to, what he's doing. So he goes back to his childhood room and he's just following himself as a kid into the house because the the mom calls for cookies or something. And he's just following this kid with a shotgun. And then, dude, when he has to, when his mom turns around, because she's young, and then she turns really old within like a second. And she has no eyes and blood. And, dude, he has to shoot his own mom. Well, he shoots his dad too, doesn't he? He shoots think- his dad. Oh, dude, yeah. yeah. He shoots everybody. <laughs> yeah, that's not really them. Well, it doesn't matter. Okay, so, Nothing matters. So th- this whole childhood thing and the fingers, like I, I'm, I don't understand. I really don't understand any of it. So, cause I, I thought they would have like, if they're going to show his childhood, I, I thought they would have showed a lot of like some, some, a couple of negative things that he's done in his life, you know, why he's where he is, but they don't, t- they don't show any of that. Nope. Like they, they just show him as a child and then shooting his parents. Like they like the, the fact that they keep going back to this child screaming and these fingers. What what sense that does it make? I mean, am I missing something or is it just like like I don't know what I'm missing? Like what what do the fingers have, have anything to do with anything? I'll I'll be honest with you guys. I zoned out at this point. <laughs> I was watching it. Couldn't tell you what okay. was going right. on. I'm like, okay, he's shooting. Okay, so people that are from if our resident horror expert. Doesn't understand. A version of himself in a wheelchair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah I, okay. Missing fingers. Pinhead. Okay. All right. Cool. Then, then the, yeah. you know what? This, I don't need to know. Then, if 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 the expert doesn't yeah. know, then forget about it. It's not important. Well, this is the only thing I have to say about the fingers. If if it was having to do with some of the fingers, why did they only get to six? Was there supposed to be like three or four other people? And he said, "This is the last one. There's only one finger left. Yours." That makes sense. 
That makes no sense. It doesn't make sense. It just does. Doctor well, Gregory or Pinhead not know how to count or how many fingers people have? It just, it just the whole the whole kid thing didn't make sense because they didn't show anything. Like I, I can understand if they showed him like you know maybe killing a cat and or you know doing something wrong, but like you know like a, like a Damien kind of thing. Like this, he's such a bad guy that these are all the things that led up to where he is now. But nothing, yeah. nothing but him being a kid meant nothing. No, it made absolutely no sense. And then again, it also it also makes no sense that if. If he's in this like purgatory and he's reliving events and he sees himself as a kid and he get they take his finger as a kid, <laughs> but he's got all of his fingers as an adult. Huh. Are are you are you saying that he should be walking around with only four fingers? Yeah, right? Dude, I would have well, obviously, would have gave away that it was him, but that would have been good if throughout the whole movie he's just like with a finger's gone and then he's trying to figure I'm out. Trying to get mad. What if, what if one finger would disappear every time they found a finger? <laughs> I know that's what I mean. That'd be that great. would make more sense. Or do you guys like remember that movie Looper? Yeah. Where, like people, they time yeah. travel and they're like cutting bits off the guy in the past or in the future and then he's losing bits in the present and. <laughs> Gotcha. No, that's awesome. They could have uh, see we're sort There's of a lot of the movie so right much. now. There's so much that they could have done. Yeah, well, again, budget was kind of low, so they you know. But again, yeah, they just, they wanted to just pump out another Hellraiser movie at this point. So. <laughs> gotcha. so then, once again, it's snowing. He's in a bathroom. We don't know. Oh well, you see right away that it is the bathroom from yeah earlier. Like you motel. can tell, right? Motel. Yeah. So th- yep. so then he's standing there and he sees the shower curtain. And the friggin' prostitute from the hangover, the wife from the hangover, jumps out, th- her throat slit, and it wasn't even like she was there to like scare him. She wanted to have sex. She started like yep. grinding on him. Did? Like she wasn't trying anything weird. And then he then then he what did he do? Oh, he put the shotgun right into her. And then no, she, no, this is the way he, he starts shooting everybody. Oh. He didn't give anybody a chance. Like, I mean, what if they were like saying, listen, hey, you know, like, he didn't even question. Like, he really turned around. Someone else shot him right away. Like, there was no even a- trying to ask. And I was just thinking about this because now talking about it, I guess things make more sense sometimes, like when we talk back. So then when he sees Tony and Tony was whipped when he is death, but he has like these daggers in his back because yeah. Joseph like stabbed him in the back. But that one thing, obviously, the special effects budget somehow was fifty grand. The, when he gets shot, dude, that looks so legit. Oh, when he that got guy pulled was back, he got pulled back. Yeah, yeah. But uh, you know what? You just said something. I didn't even think about it, and I'm not sure if they were that creative. If that's why, but you think he's got knives in his back because he was stabbed in the back by Joseph? Because Joseph was gonna set him up. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, wow. am I thinking too much? Uh, Scott Derrickson can please. That's definitely spot on. Think so? Spot on. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. The subtext is text. So, are you saying the hooker has hooks in her? <laughs> she had her throat slit. That was a she didn't. Her throat was slut. <laughs> 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 no, and then it no, seems no, like no, after no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm just trying go ahead <laughs> so so now each time he shoots someone like he shoots the prostitute and then he opens the door and then he's in the his childhood home again 
shoots Tony. He leaves out of the front door and then he's in the ice cream dealer's truck. He shoots him. So he's just shooting right away. Like that's all it is. That's what I said. Like he doesn't like not even like at this. Well, at this point, I think after the hooker trying to, I guess, sexually kill him. And then you have Nick trying to throw you know knives at him and his mom kind of freaking out. I think he's not taking any chances. That's true. So you know. I guess that's what you got to do when you have like yes. got a shotgun them all. <laughs> when you're when you're looking over because right after this he's back in the mansion. Yes. Because then that's when he's seeing the the Cenobites like feeling each other up. So Patricia Kara and whoever the other girl was, they're like feeling each other up, and and then the Cenobite or the Chatterer is just crawling. So then he goes, he kicks a door open and it's pitch dark. <laughs> so then right at this point, there's a note that I didn't mention, but at this point I'm like, I swear to fucking God, if this is like a Bob Newhart scenario or like Corky, right? What was yeah. the show with Corky? Uh, that movie life, goes was, on. life goes on. Life goes on. That movie. I mean, that no, show was it life goes on or was it? No. What's the one with when he was staring into the globe? Yeah, that, that wasn't life goes on. No, that no, was that's uh, 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 I know you've seen elsewhere. You're saying elsewhere. Correct. The autism. Oh, kid, okay, that's what kid. it is. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So then just like in Newhart last episode, he wakes up and he's in the original Newhart show. Yep. yep. So like, I really thought that that's what this was going to be. And then it almost happened. So he's talking. So he's in that room and he sees him as a kid sitting there. Uh, tied up in a chair, missing the finger. So he only has like four finger figures left. And then we have the Cenobite guy that we, I guess we sort of saw like the, that's the movie. Who about the movie? In a, in a leather jacket, looking cool. Terrible. Looks like shit. <laughs> you didn't like it? You're talking about the engineer, right? No, we're talking about the, the, the we're talking about um Joe. You said the Cenobite guy. Yeah, well, that's Joe. That's Joe, the one that you really zoned out. Yeah, <laughs> I thought he was the engineer. Who the fuck's the engineer? No, the engineer is already out. It's the it's it's Pinhead. Pinhead's the engineer. <laughs> Wait, did you watch the same movie we watched? <laughs> yeah. Holy moly! <laughs> I th- no, I thought like I thought it was all. I thought it was all. Let me tell you. I thought Joe and the engineer was like all the same. Your expert level is starting to go down a little bit right now. Of course, man. <laughs> what do you want from me? He needs he needs a a better uh, like a <laughs> horror to get him back on track. But no, so no. Joe rips the mask off. So the bite that he keeps seeing throughout the movie that he thinks that it's someone like the the police station the at the bar. Remember, he keeps seeing someone, but it's not it's not a centibite. But he but he it's got like no eyes. Yeah, and correct. The- that's Joe. Yeah, yeah. Like he peels the face yeah. off, and that's Joe underneath it. Right. I thought it was all like I thought it was all. I thought it was like a cyclical thing. Like he is the engineer. No. no oh, like no. he's it to himself. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, I, I think that I. I uh, well, I guess in a way he like, is. That, re- that character looks like that looks like shit. <laughs> I <hate it> <laughs> Because like even the other, even though it's a lower budget sequel, I thought the Cenobites looked looked pretty yeah. great. Yeah, they look great. great. This fucking thing <laughs> looks like it looks like a looks like fucking a cast off Muppet that Jim <laughs> jerked off on and left in the back. Tell us how you really feel about it. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck it. Also, I'm confused because there's. Do you, 
I know, I know, Jamie, you, you've only seen, <laughs> you've only seen this one and yeah. two, but do you remember in the hospital sequence? It's in, it's in one and two in the hospital. There's that monster thing that chases Kirsty through like, oh yeah, through that tunnel. Oh yeah, 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 like yeah, from, yeah, yes. Like, from the hell dimension coming back into the hospital. That creature is also called the engineer really it's not, i don't know if they say it in the film but it's that's like in the lore of of hellraiser that thing is called the engineer so i thought this was also gonna be a callback to that it's not ah. so they just use the name but it's nothing to do with again yeah, it's this, completely this is why i feel like it's the it's the jason goes to hell of hellraiser like it's like jason goes to hell was they didn't make a lot of sense you know and this movie as a hellraiser doesn't make a lot of sense yeah and then pinheads right Honestly, there, I think, and I think the uh, yeah, I think part six has even less like pinhead in it. <laughs> I gotta I, I, be honest; I'm very disappointed in pinhead. All this time, I put him on this pedestal of like one of the the, the best villains in all these horror movies, and now that I'm watching the movies, I'm like he's kind of lame. One, 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 and three, one and three. He's like more of a a force. Okay, I have we gotta do three. Do you get his backstory? Half of the movie, he's human. Wait, the backstory is important. Isn't on two? Don't don't they go to the backstory on two? When they yeah yeah like, yeah. Oh okay, yeah. He's a military guy. Yeah 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 yeah. All right, I'm just saying, like you know, you you, you compare him to Myers and Jason and Freddy. Pinhead stinks. He's not. He's not even a top five. I think Candyman is higher. He was, never, he was never supposed to be that kind of character. Yeah, it but his but it, it but his never... look though makes it look like he should be. Yeah. You know, I mean, I mean, yeah, I get you. <laughs> and he and he only does his like magic power at the end of the movie. He the hooks come out, they grab Joe, and then in like I don't know thirty seconds, he explains the whole movie because Joe's like I don't understand. And then he basically explains, I guess, why Doug Bradley may or may not like the movie. Maybe that quote that I maybe he was just being kind, but he was like, "It's humans and." It was your own destruction. You brought this upon yourself. Yeah, he, he's too scholarly. You know, like the way he talked. You know, um, is that is that a trope though with the chains attacking people in in these movies? Yeah. Okay. In so, all the movies, yeah. Okay. And also, and 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 the way he speaks, that's 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 the. Oh, kind. he's intellectual as a uh, as, yeah. as okay. Yeah, he's uh, it's it's there's two books as there's. The first movie is based off of the first novel. He's not really, he he's not like the, none of the Cenobites are the characters really from the film. They're, they're nameless. Um, they're described the same right. way. Like he has the, he has the nails in his head, but he's supposed to be like, um, he's supposed to be like a, a prince of hell kind of thing. Gotcha. Um, so he's supposed to be very intellectual and very well spoken sure. and, um, so that is that is the character. Okay. All right. Fair enough. So then he goes he, after he's explaining like everything that's going on. Then he goes, "Welcome to hell." Hooks that are in his face rip, and then black. And then what happens? He's back in the hotel room. I did like the way he said it though. Welcome to hell. Like the, yeah, the, no, the, I did that, too. that line. The way he said it was was great. And this is where I wrote, fuck off. Like, are you really going to do like the new heart scenario? But he goes, he wakes up, he gets out of the bathroom. He sees the girl and then he goes into the office and 
he's kind of more relaxed. I would say he's he's nicer now. He's more relaxed. Like he sees life a little differently now. You know, he realizes what it could have been. Then the phone call. uh, It's the Ebenezer Scrooge. Yeah, it is. (laughs) Yeah. But the phone call, you're right. And then the phone call comes in and it's the girl and. Whew. So it, it so is it just basically reliving the same day over and over again? Mm-hmm. Or maybe this is his chance to fix it. Does Pinhead allow that? Yes. Oh, okay. If uh, if you can beat him at his own game, or if you learn to be a better person. Oh wow! Okay, I didn't know that. There's he has rules. He isn't. He isn't like a like a chaotic creature, like a Freddy Krueger. Okay, well, he's intellectual, so he, you know, he's. I got it. He has rules. He, he just. By. He just looks like he should be way more evil than he is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so then, the end of the movie is just him sitting on his own childhood bed, and he just screams. That's it. The end. So uh, that was Hellraiser <laughs> Inferno. Let's go to our guest, our horror expert. I know we talked about it the whole whole way about the ins and outs of the movie and what we thought. But uh, would you recommend this movie for this Halloween season? You know, when when we sat down, I was going to say yes. Now I'm not so sure. Wow. Um, I don't think it. I don't think it's terrible. I. It's definitely not the worst of the series. Um, I think, I think it's fine. I think if, if, um, if you don't think too hard, <laughs> if you don't think too hard about it, it's, it's a fine supernatural mystery. Um, you don't have to be, uh, well versed in the Hellraiser lore to follow it. Um, I think there is, there's a lot of good stuff within it. And I think a big part of that is, having someone like Scott Derrickson as the director, even though, you know, it was the start of his career and, but he went on to make some really good stuff. Um, I don't know. 50, 50, if, you know, if you're looking for like a mid range thing, you don't have to think about throw it on. It's good. You know, we're getting into spooky season, throw it on. Why not? All right, Jamie. Um, I'm going to say, if you've seen a few of the other ones, you, I mean, again, I've only seen two, so um, I've only seen one other before this. If you've seen a few of the other ones, I would probably say you could probably skip this one um, because I, I, without knowing much about the other movies, it, it doesn't seem to follow the same formula. Um, but like myself, that I've never see, really only seen one of them. I like this. I do like the story. I do like, you know, you take the Hellraiser part out of it. I definitely think the story is pretty cool. The ending is cool. Um, there's something there. It is a little mishmash, but I think it's worth the watch, you know, because uh, it, again, it's, it's, it's a, if you look at it as a, as a regular movie, not a Hellraiser, I think you would enjoy it more. I agree. I, I guess I agree with both you guys. I, I think, the movie itself, like I said so many times during it, like 75% of this movie to me, like works. Like I was intrigued. I, this is like the first movie I think we've covered that at the end of it, it's not like it was a comedy trying. Like this is like a thriller that like they hodgepodge and like shoehorned in, you know, the Hellraiser elements. And I get that's how they got it made. It was probably going to be something else. And they're like, boom, scribble in 
Hellraiser and Pinhead. So I would always say, check it out. Why not? Just give uh, James Remar some love. Why not? You know, and Nikki yeah, Totoro. Mean, he was great. There, there are there are movies out there that I will absolutely say do not watch. But yeah, <laughs> I've uh, said it many times. <laughs> so you know, you can check this one out. It's it's not the worst. I did I did enjoy this watch a lot more than I did the first. The first time I saw it was like 10, 12 years ago. And uh, I think I think I was very much on the, you know, where's Pinhead? Well, again, that's that's the first time watching it. So it's my first time watching it. But for me to say go watch it, then, you know, because I, I, I'm usually more negative with some of these horror movies. So, yeah. But again, I, I don't I don't 100 percent consider this a horror movie. I think it's more of a thriller, you know, with horror aspect to it. And and like I said before, that that's actually one of the things why I was I was not shocked that Clive Barker didn't care for it, but it does feel like something he would right. Right. It feels like something out of his uh, out of his lore. So I, I it, it gets some points for that for sure. And look, I'll, I'll be honest. I I did <laughs> I did want to jump onto this episode just in case Brittany Amber came back as a guest. <laughs> Uh, that would be that would be amazing if she. I just had her appear. I did like a little uh, Joe magic trick, and boom. You know what? Based on on her love for this series, she probably would have if we asked her. So, <laughs> I could see her not hating this one. She mentioned something about it in uh, in in the pod. I have, we have to she go back. All, she loves all. She loves all. I think she mentioned her, honestly, her Inferno. I, I want to say after this point. They're, they just get progressively worse. But there was one from a couple years ago that's not bad. It's called Hellraiser Judgment. Is that some the people did, is, some people hate is it. Doug Bradley in that one, or is that the one when they recast? Him? No, this is this is the second one that he was not in. Oh, okay. And it's not it's not terrible. And the guy they got to replace him as Pinhead does a pretty good job. Oh, wow. In you know the best you can to to take over a role you know that was played by one guy for so long but so i would i would like i would like pinhead to be up in in one of those like spoof movies where someone just takes a hammer and just starts like nailing you know all the things (laughs) in his head (laughs) scary movie six and and before uh before before we go i do have a quick story about i met doug bradley a few years ago at uh at monster mania and he's a great guy he's not only not only loves he loves the fans he loves that he's had the opportunity to play that role so many times but the nicest guy and uh i was in line waiting a few people ahead of me and there's a kid two people in front of me he's maybe maybe 10 years old (laughs) And he's waiting. He's got like a Hellraiser shirt on. He's got like a poster. He's ready, you know, and he's he's clearly nervous. So I'm thinking, oh, he's nervous because he's about to meet Pinhead, you know, in, in real life. No, he was nervous because he idolized Doug Bradley so much. He was like shaking. And Doug goes, hey, man, you know, you don't have to be nervous. Total English gentleman, by the way. <laughs> He's like, you don't have to be nervous. He's like, I'm just a, a regular fellow like anyone else. Just talk to this kid like he was his own awesome. son. It was adorable. Uh, and I've been reaching out to him. I've been trying to get him. He's, he's the nicest guy. And, and he lives part-time in the UK and part-time yeah. in Pennsylvania. Yeah, I know. So 
So I'm 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 hoping one of these days I'm going to be able to get him. So one of these days. Thank you to our now seven timer horror sequel expert. And the next sequel up for our third annual scary sequel month is Toxic Avenger oh for Citizen Toxie. If you heard Jamie's voice, we are record this one a few weekends back in the, in my little studio shed. And this will go down as the most unique but problematic movie Holy that we'll man. ever cover. And I was lucky enough to interview legendary Scream Queen and Trauma Regular. Debbie Rashan. Uh, Debbie's story is one of perseverance. She had a real rough childhood growing up in Canada. And then, man, she took the horror world by storm. She's been in so much over the years. It's, 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 it was pretty cool. And then she had one of her early roles. She was like an extra in this, uh, in a bar scene in Vampire's Kiss starring Nicolas Cage. Talk about her trauma fills. And the, you look at her IMDb, she does so much horror. She's like the star in so many horror movies. And uh, so she was a blast. And I wrote down here, Jamie, that I think a drinking game for people while they're listening is they have to drink every time we say Sergeant Kabuki Man NYPD. (laughs) 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 Have you ever seen that movie? Yes. Yes. I've seen all the, I, I, I'm a fan of the original. Um, I've seen them all there. I will, I'd say, one and two are probably the best. One one is a yeah, B movie. One hundred percent. Yeah. Uh, three, I remember thinking was fine, and then I do remember four being pretty bad. And it's long too, right? Like, oh, I think it was pretty long. It, it, it felt very it long. Like, it felt movie. very long. <laughs> so it's bizarre. Like it's it's extremely bizarre. <laughs> All right. So that was uh, yeah. So get ready for that. And Debbie will be out on Monday because we're doing, boom, t- double episodes, weeks, interviews on Mondays, reviews on Thursdays. So don't forget to review, rate, share our podcast, follow us on all social media at Sequels Only, and don't forget to check out our website, SequelsOnly.com. Good night. Good night. Good night. <laughs>